Hello, everyone, and welcome to Growing Women. This is a show all about amplifying women's voices and stories. And I am your host, Christina Singh. And today is the season two finale of the show. I cannot believe it. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm really proud of myself. This is going to be another solo episode. Um, We're just going to end it off with just us chatting. I'm really excited to do that. And I've been hearing such lovely things about these solo episodes from you all and how you've really been enjoying them. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Let's jump in. Uh, Last week, I started off the show with a meditation, with like a grounding meditation. So I want to do the same thing this week. So I want you to, if you can, wherever you are, um, I want you to firmly plant your feet on the floor. I'm going to do the same where I am right here. And I want you to take a big breath in. In through your nose and then out through your mouth. Let's do that one more time. In through your nose. And then out through your mouth. And today I really wanted to obviously keep breathing. (laughs) Today I really wanted to talk about rest for this meditation. I really want you to think about all of the ways you are prioritizing rest or maybe all of the ways you'd like to prioritize rest. So as you're breathing, you know, you're resting right now, you're bringing relaxation into your body. Maybe you can bring more awareness into your feet, more awareness into your hands. Maybe you've already closed your eyes. Maybe, you know, like you're, you're like me or you've lit something in the room that smells really yummy and helps bring you more focus. I just want you to bring more focus to your senses and bring more focus to relaxing your body. So if you have your feet firmly planted on the ground, start to relax your toes. Start to relax the arches of your feet and your heels. And keep breathing. Move that up to your calves and your thighs. Relax your stomach. Feel like maybe our stomachs are usually tight and we're not relaxing them. Relax your waist and your chest and maybe roll your shoulders a couple times, back and then forward. Shrug your shoulders all the way up to your ears and just let them drop. Breathe in again and out. When you think about your hands, what are your fingers doing? Are they resting on your thighs? Are they resting on your desk? Are they navigating a car right now? I had somebody tell me they were mowing the lawn last episode. While listening to last episode, I should say. Bring awareness into your fingers. Maybe clench them and then relax them as you're breathing. When we're thinking about rest, now we've encouraged our body to rest. Now let's place our fingers in a place where they can rest. Place our hands in a place where they can rest. Maybe on our thighs, like I said, or on a surface. 
relax your arms, your forearms and your upper arms. Maybe do a, a couple of neck rolls right now. One way, maybe three one way and then reverse your circles and do three the other way. I want you to take a huge breath in. And then when you get to the top, breathe in a little bit more. When you get to the top of that breath, breathe in a little bit more and hold it and then release it out of your mouth. When we're talking about rest and we're talking about prioritizing rest, I think it's really important to remember that happens in our body mentally we need to understand we need to rest and then physically our body takes us there so maybe our body is resting and then our mind isn't resting so what is swirling around your head right now where you're feeling maybe anxious or you have a lot swirling above you right now you're thinking about a lot you have a lot of responsibilities at home you're taking care of someone else maybe you're trying to just figure out how to take care of yourself this week. I'd like for you to think about the ways that you can really prioritize rest. Because when we're not prioritizing rest, we're expecting ourselves to do all of the same things that we do when we have the most energy. And that is just not realistic. So as you're breathing with me and you're listening to lovely Brooklyn in the background as I'm recording this, I want you to think about giving yourself permission. That's something we talked about last week, but giving yourself permission to rest and relax. And that doesn't mean abandoning all of the things that you're supposed to be doing in your life. Maybe it does for some people, but I think it just means giving yourself the opportunity to breathe, whether you're not doing that because you don't have time and you need to find like three minutes to just sit and breathe or you're avoiding doing it because you're not wanting to face certain thoughts that you're thinking right now, which I completely understand that happens. So as we are prioritizing rest, and that is something that is the theme around this, this week's and the season finales meditation, Um, Something I've been doing is trying to recharge, rest and recharge, (laughs) and it's hard. (laughs) It's really hard. So as we're coming to the end of this meditation, I just want you to breathe in with me and breathe out and welcome yourself into this moment where we can spend time together and talk about prioritizing ourselves and Maybe you need a couple of reminders today, and I am here to give them to you. So for some reason, something that kept coming to me as uh, I was thinking about this episode was um, feeling invisible, feeling unseen, not stepping into one's power and utilizing one's voice and embracing one's power and one's voice. That uh, is how I felt when I first started this show. I felt for, I would say, 30 years. (laughs) Well, nearly 30 years. I, I just felt really invisible. 
um, I felt like I just wasn't seen and people didn't see me. And I was really, really good at blending in, really good at it. Uh, And I was really good at people pleasing and pleasing others. And that would make it easy for me to blend into other, you know, other people's lives and not create disruption and have people like me. For a very long time, I was very, very concerned about people liking me about people finding me attractive, uh, about people wanting to date me or be with me because I wasn't feeling fulfilled in my life and I felt really invisible. And I have a lot of stories about this that when I reflect back on my 20s and, you know, my upbringing, I get really embarrassed (laughs) because there are just so many instances where I had ingrained, like I had it ingrained in my head that people could not see me. And it was always a shock when people noticed me, but people had been noticing me my whole life. I purposefully wanted to blend in because I was very afraid of being noticed because when I found my own voice, when I uh, stepped into my power, that causes disruption and that causes conflict. So when you step into your power, when you find your own voice, when you are not blending in, you are automatically causing friction. That's a different energy that you're putting out there in the world. And for me, that was really scary. Maybe you're feeling like, yeah, I feel that way or I've been there. But for me, I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of my life blending in. And I, in high school, I knew everyone. I was like friends with everyone. I really wasn't part of like the popular crowd or the not popular crowd or the band uh, folks or the theater nerds or anything like that. I was friends with everyone. And I wasn't popular. I just, I got along with everyone because I didn't know where I belonged. And so I just wanted to please everyone. I wanted people to like me. And there were instances where people didn't. And I remember in middle school, I was the same way. I was a bit more dorky in middle school. Um, Definitely dorky in high school as well, but like more so in middle school. (laughs) But I remember one day um, a, a girl in my grade coming up to me and she was well she was talking to other people and going through she was very popular and she was going through each person saying oh I like you I like you I like you and then she turned to me and she said I don't like you and I don't know why I just don't and for me that was my worst fear come true at 12 years old it's like oh my god what I'm and and for me now if I could go back and we're going to talk a lot about this but if I could go back to my younger self and have a conversation with her I would say that's fine what what that person is going through why they don't like you is their business and that's their problem (laughs) it's nothing you did because they've told you they don't know why they don't like you 
but in in the moment it was devastating and i remember it obviously i'm talking about it to this day it made such a huge impact on me and for me i know from my childhood trauma one of the ways i've responded is by being a good girl uh little christina did act out quite a bit um, because i had a lot of trauma in my childhood and the way for me to manage that trauma and kind of compartmentalize everything and i was i was actually given quite a bit of responsibility too much responsibility when i was younger but the way i i really managed that was to be the good girl uh, when i would go to my friends um houses and their and their homes there i would always get along with their parents everyone's parents loved me and i would do that purposefully one because i wanted to be good and i wanted to be liked but also i didn't have a stable family environment and i love my family they're wonderful and they're also incredibly dysfunctional <laughs> and i had definitely a dysfunctional upbringing i was loved i never never felt unloved but some of the ways in which i was shown love were not healthy and for me i was really craving 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 healthy love and that um pretty much uh, was par for the course until i entered into my relationship with my husband and i navigated my life seeking approval seeking healthy love seeking um just acceptance by blending in and time and time and time again, I did this, especially when it came to men as well. I got into all of these things that, um, you know, if I had a crush on someone, I would get into what they were all about. And I thought if I was into nerdy stuff or I was into certain music or I, I had, you know, certain taste in movies and TV shows, it would mean that someone would like me more and want to date me. When in reality, sure, those things can be factors, but that is such a surface level factor as to why someone would want to be with you. <laughs> and it really wasn't until I met my husband who just didn't care about all of that stuff um, and we connected around our values that it really became clear that I really, you know, I don't have to conform who I am and, and try and be someone else in order to be accepted. And I... Part of me hates that I received that validation through a partner, but part of me is also grateful because it was just part of my journey and I really appreciate that. So it's, it's just so interesting because I just kept coming back to this this week on around what I wanted to talk about. And I am sure there are people out there that can relate, um, especially when it comes to the amount of time that I've watched men play video games, which is just a ridiculous amount of time, an embarrassing amount of time that I gave two shits about getting video games, but I wanted a relationship or I wanted to date someone. <laughs> and it's just really incredible how much I conformed to what other people, what I thought other people wanted. And when I started just doing what I wanted, um, that desire bended toward me. And I was able to be wholly myself. I also think therapy <laughs> has helped a, a significant amount with all of this. Um, but I, I really want to stress that if you are feeling unseen, 
people can see you. (laughs) I spent so much of my life blending in and now I feel like I want to stand out and I feel not in a way where like I deserve A, B, and C kind of stand out, stand out in just being myself and being unapologetically confident and putting myself out there because that is who I am. And people can see that. People can see you. If you think people cannot see you, they can, and you're worthy of being seen. You are worthy of being seen. And one of the best examples of, well, I have a few, but one of the best examples that is one of my most embarrassing admissions around thinking people could not see me um, is around burping. And we all burp. That is totally natural. And you know, we have different types of burps. We have the burps that are belches. We have the burps where you burp out loud. And then we have internal burps where you're kind of like holding the burp from coming out, but you can still like hear it. And if somebody does it, you can still hear it. Well, I was so convinced that no one could see me or like no one was paying attention to me that I was so convinced that when I had one of those internal burps, where you hold it in, that no one could hear it and no one could see it. And when I think back on the number of times that I have burped in public situations, particularly in college classrooms when it was dead quiet and I thought no one could hear me, it is so embarrassing. (laughs) It is so embarrassing to see myself now and know that I'm seen and know that I've always been seen and have all of these little moments pop up. I I also feel like, you know, there, I remember I got um, really uh, inebriated at a party and I fell asleep. I was in the middle of a conversation. I started falling asleep in front of a fire in front of a, a person that I had been crushing on and then another friend. And I remember waking up um, and being like, oh, I'm sorry, I was kind of like falling asleep. And they were like, yeah, we noticed. And I was so embarrassed because I was just so convinced that people couldn't see me. I was convinced that um, people just didn't care about me. And through time, just being able to understand my power and that I'm worthy and that I'm loved and I love myself. Um, it's become a lot easier to feel seen. And I think for a very, even now when I walk down the street, it feels really overwhelming when I notice people looking at me. When you've spent so much of your life feeling invisible or acting like you are invisible, when you feel seen, it is overwhelming. It can be overwhelming and it can be really, really scary. So when I'm walking down the street and I notice people look at me, I can feel anxiety in my chest. I can feel, oh gosh, like, you know, am I going to avoid eye contact? And um, it can be a lot. And for a long time, a very long time, I avoided eye contact with people a very long time. And I was always... I always felt like people were oblivious to that. Like I just felt very uncomfortable looking at people in their eye and, or in their eyes, not just one eye. (laughs) Um, But I avoided eye contact for a really long time because I was just anxious and I felt really uncomfortable just like looking at people until I had 
a friend of an ex, I went and got lunch with him and he was like, yeah, you don't really look at people when you talk to them. And I was like, what? You noticed that in me? And it was a moment where I was like, wait, this person can actually, this person sees what I'm doing. They, they understand, like I'm making, I'm taking action and they can see that. And it sounds so stupid when I say it out loud because of course, but again, when you feel invisible, it's really easy to think that people around you cannot see you. So inside, I felt invisible. So all of these moments, all of these things that were swirling around me, all of my insecurities really, you know, stemmed from feeling invisible and from experiencing trauma. And I held so much and I still hold a lot of trauma in my body and I'm still healing. But for so long, I uh, conformed to what I thought everyone else wanted of me. So I didn't, so I just couldn't have conflict. And so I didn't get into conflict with people in my life because so much of my upbringing and so much of my family life was full of conflict, like constant conflict. And it still is, you know, there's, there's still a lot that goes on um, that, creates conflict and trauma and stress in my body and and in my life but for my entire upbringing it was swirling around me all the time and so I wanted to talk about I talked about this on my Instagram stories and a lot of people have been so lovely and so kind um, and it resonated a lot with people but I wanted to talk about um, being triggered so Like I said, I talked about this on my Instagram stories and I saved it in my highlights, but I'm going to review what I talked about on this week's episode because I think it's actually really, really important to revisit and talk about. And um, I think it's important to understand, you know, just like the, the purpose of this show, you know, you're not alone. There are people who are out there experiencing something that you may be experiencing And I think it's just very, very important for me to be open and honest about my experiences because I know not everyone feels comfortable with that. And so I I do like I'm comfortable with sharing what I've been going through and, and my experiences in life to a certain point. Who knows? Maybe I'll start unwrapping the onion layers. Um, but for now, I really wanted to talk about, um, the fact that I was really triggered this week. So I mentioned this online, but I was really, um, I was triggered earlier this week, in particular on Sunday, and I was looking at stuff right before bed, and I got triggered. I'm not going to share by what and about what, but I do want to share that I was triggered, and I have gone through a lot of therapy. I'm in between therapists um, at the moment, but this is definitely like encouraged me to look for a therapist. And for me, I have identified certain tactics and certain methods that I've used for triggers and for these triggering moments. So I'm going to review what I mentioned in my Instagram stories and a couple other things that I forgot to mention. But the first, so I take some steps and I've written down notes um, for this. But first step, and you know, this may work for you, I've heard from coaches that once I posted that story that like this is actually 
a really great process that I go through. Um, but again, if you are working with a therapist through this, or if you have different strategies, I would love to hear about them. And I think it's really important that we all share that and understand that these things are normal and we're all going through collective trauma every day. So (laughs) the first thing I do when I'm triggered is I identify what it is. So I identify the trigger. I know what that trigger is. I know where it came from. And the next thing I do is I identify how I'm reacting. So am I reacting as my adult self? Is adult Christina feeling the emotions here? Or am I reacting as my younger self? Is child, younger Christina uh, reacting here? And for this particular trigger, I 100% knew it was my younger self. So little Christina was feeling really scared and she was feeling really upset and unsafe. And something that I wanted to mention on this episode was when I was thinking about this, it was really, really helpful for me to think about this is how my brain is processing this. This is not what is actually like, you know, my, my brain, yes, I was, um, that this trigger has to do with me being a victim, but uh, of, of abuse, but the way that my brain is reacting at the moment is simply that like it is my brain protecting me. And so my child, you know, my younger self doesn't feel protected. She doesn't feel safe. Um, and she doesn't feel worthy or valued. Um, And so I talk to her and I say, you know, you're safe, you're protected, you're valued, everything's okay. You have the tools in your toolkit to be safe and you're an adult. And that, that moment is not your life. This, how you're feeling right now, this is not the reality of what your life is. You are feeling unprotected and you're not feeling safe. So that is something I really try and do. And I will say those things out loud sometimes too. Like I will say, you know, okay, little Christina, you're not feeling safe right now. And I want to remind you, you are safe and you are protected. So for me, it's really important that I identify where these emotions are coming from, my younger self or my adult self. And um, the next thing I do, which is the hardest part (laughs) around all of this is I feel the feelings. So this is the hardest part. You know, we're triggered because there's, there are emotions, there's past trauma that has come up and it's making its way back into our body and it's being stored in our body. And, um, for me that, that means, okay, I have to go through what I'm feeling. You know, am I feeling angry and am I feeling sad? Like identifying, okay, what am I feeling? And like, working through that feeling and what comes out for me on the other side is usually like some clear direction on what I need to do next and and whether that be you know just ensuring I practice self-care to feel safe or maybe I have to talk to someone and for this particular boundary I, I am having a really, or for this particular trigger, I should say, I'm having a really hard time establishing um, a boundary with someone. And I am feeling like I need to, and I'm very fearful 
to establish that boundary. And I'm very fearful to have a conversation around establishing that boundary. So for me with this particular trigger, the feeling the feelings and going through the emotion and feeling what I I have been feeling led me to the outcome of, okay, this is actually, you know, and I, and I knew this, I just needed to kind of get through, through the, the feeling of it. This is actually about a boundary and a conversation I need to have in order to ensure that I remain safe and I remain, um, protected. And that is going to be the next step of addressing this trigger and um, this particular moment that I'm still, you know, to be completely honest, incredibly fearful around. So that is something I'm doing a lot of work on to take a next step around, um, you know, reaching out to have a conversation about a particular boundary. And it's really, really not fucking easy. It's really hard um, to have the conversations that I want to have. It's really hard to address a boundary, to maintain a boundary, to talk about something that's really uncomfortable. And I have to remind myself that discomfort is normal. Discomfort is how we work through things. Discomfort is supposed to be there. Um, The universe was created from discomfort. You know, like there are so many beautiful moments that come from discomfort. Um, And life is just not realistically comfortable all the time. And that, you know, is the purpose. Even bringing new life into this world is a very uncomfortable process. So there is beauty on the other side of discomfort. And I have to remind myself of that. Um, So that that really has come out through feeling my feelings. Uh, The next thing I do, you know, and these are not in any particular order, but, um, you know, the first three actually are usually in that order. But something I do daily to help myself is take medication. So I'm on anti-anxiety medication and that has been really, really, really helpful for me. If that is not helpful for you, live your life, do your thing. For me, it's been a really powerful tool that I have been able to incorporate into this journey. And I want to stress that medication is not like a, a take a pill and it fixes everything <laughs> I, I, or it numbs the senses or it numbs how you're feeling. That has not been the case for me. I have really compulsive thinking um, and my medication really, really helps ground me in reality. And, um, you know, I can avoid more of that compulsive thinking and I've noticed a huge difference in my compulsive thoughts after I've been on medication for the better. So that has been really, really helpful for me. Um, the night I, I was triggered, I, um, I did, I practiced tapping. Now I'm not sure if you know what tapping is, but, um, tapping is a form of like regulation, I guess I would say, because I've seen this pop up, you know, all over the place when it comes to um, stress regulation, mental regulation, um, feeling more grounded. I actually learned about tapping through my friend Stephanie Rochelle, who I've mentioned on the show a lot. Um, And it's so I tried it out for the first time when I was feeling triggered 
And it really, really helped. And I'm going to definitely incorporate it into my practices more and more. So just to mention a little bit about tapping, it's also um, known as EFT, and it combines the principles of ancient Chinese acupressure with modern psychology. The technique of tapping has you focus on the emotional distress you're feeling. It could be fear, worry, any unresolved problem, or you know, a trigger. Uh, while using your fingertip to tap a few times on nine specific meridian points of the body. So I know there are points on the eyebrows, the top of the head, um, under your nose, under your eye, side of the eye, chin, collarbone, under your arm, and then on the side of your hand. So I did on my face and then on my chest, which were really, really helpful, but I'm going to incorporate some of the different points into future, you know, moments where I'm feeling like I need a bit more regulation. It was really, really helpful for me. And then the next thing I did that, um, you know, two things I did, I moved my body and I've been really proud of myself for moving my body daily and ensuring that I'm getting at least 20 minutes of, you know, movement into my day. It's really, really, really easy to stay in your home and not leave, especially during a global pandemic. (sighs) But for me, (laughs) moving my body has been so, so freaking great. And I know I mentioned this in the last episode, but it really has been so wonderful for me. And then um, I'm also regulating what I'm consuming. So there were certain things I was looking at when I got triggered that actually had nothing to do with the trigger, but I didn't want to associate them with the trigger. So I um, have been really regulating what I've been consuming and just monitoring messages I'm reading and consuming as well. Um, then the next thing that I, I have done and that I'm actually doing right now is I've cleansed my space. So a couple of these last items might be a little out there for you, but for me, they really work. And I feel like if something works and you're not hurting other people or yourself, like go for it. So for me, I am burning Palo Santo in my office right now and I um, you know just cleansed myself and I cleansed my space and that was really really helpful for me and I haven't done this yet but I'm planning on doing this today Um, I also want to just talk to my ancestors and I I still don't even know if I believe in all of that but I I think I actually do but I um, it's been really helpful for me to talk about these things um, with my ancestors because they do have to do with generational trauma and also I ask for signs and I ask for moments to know that everything will be okay and for me um, I've mentioned this on the show before with the ladies from Altaloon, Naroja and Shannon but they I I shared um, you know my experience around signs and Um, butterflies with them so if you have not listened to the episode it's an awesome episode and at the tail end of it I share my experience and it's really cool so that's something I'm also going to do and then I mentioned that I am going to be looking for a therapist because I really really love therapy it is awesome it is necessary for so many people and i am going to be looking into getting more of a regular therapist that's a you know just more of a better fit 
for more of a better a better fit for where I am right now in my life. Um, so those are the things that I do when I feel triggered. Um, the thing that I didn't necessarily talk about online that much um, was the point around boundaries. So when I have worked through triggers in the past or when I've really tried to be mindful of working through them, usually there is a clear message that comes through on the other side of working through something like this. And for me, it usually has to do with boundaries. Usually it has to do with boundaries that I'm giving myself or boundaries with others, me not being so honest with myself or not being so honest with others. And so I am not so shocked by the results of this work that I've been doing to work through this trigger. And I know it's going to take another round of doing all these things to get through this moment of boundaries with me. So I'm still working on it. It is a work in progress and it's really fucking hard. (laughs) If you're out there and if you've worked through something like this, or if you're continuing to do so, I think we're all continuing to do so, you know, it's really challenging. These things don't just come up and go away it's a continuous process of working through this trauma and working through, um, you know, working together in this space, together with your mind, body, and soul on how to heal. And healing is not easy. So, you know, what really was coming up for me this week was this moment around triggers, but really this moment around being seen. And if I can impart anything (laughs) other than, you know, what's been helpful for me is just don't forget people can see you. (laughs) If you're feeling invisible, if you're feeling like, oh gosh, this is fearful. I don't want to put myself out there. Putting myself out there is too scary. People will actually be able to see me. Yes, that's the point you're meant to be seen, you're meant to be heard, you're meant to be adored and loved. You're meant to share your beauty and your gift with the world. And I know that some people might find that super cheesy. Okay, like, you are meant to be seen, whatever field you're in, whatever you're doing in your life, if you're having babies and taking care of them at home, if you're on the road constantly away from your family if you're just trying to get through the goddamn day you are meant to be seen your voice is meant to be heard you're meant to be appreciated and loved and share your gifts with other people in this world so please don't forget that and and realize that people can see you because once you realize and understand and fully feel that people can see you it's a lot easier to keep stepping into your power and use your voice it comes with time and it comes with practice and I am certainly still flexing and building that muscle in myself I feel very fearful whenever I post anything online when I post this show when I you know anything I do I'm like scared off my ass like it's it's really easy to feel very fearful but just taking action and knowing like Taking action while embracing the fact that you are seen is so freaking powerful because you're bringing that energy into everything you're doing. And then you can see other people more easily. 
part of the reason I, I started this show, and I know I say this all the time, but I wanted to feel more seen. I wanted to, I knew I had, I know I have gifts out there. I, I know I have strengths and I knew that this was a calling to me, but I also knew that there were people that know different things than I do, have different lived experiences than I do. And I want, I just really want to talk to them about that. I want to shine a light on women's voices and their stories because, you know, we, a lot of us have been conditioned to feel invisible, have been conditioned to be the good girl. And there's nothing wrong with being a good person, but there is something wrong with being a good person so other people, um, so, so you're not seen by other people and you're not in conflict with other people. So you don't make other people mad. That is a problem. You deserve to have your voice heard and you deserve to have your feelings understood. And if someone cannot understand that or they don't see you or they don't like you, that really is their problem if you've put yourself out there authentically and you're doing the best you can. <laughs> so in this, in these final moments of season two, I want you to think back on the episodes of this season. I really purposefully wanted to talk to people who were making others and who continue to make others feel seen and heard and share their voices to ensure that other people don't feel lonely and can have more of a voice in this world. And I think I've done that. (laughs) There have been moments where I certainly did not want to post or did not want to work on this show and it felt really hard and exhausting. But the second I started, I felt amazing. So if you haven't listened to all of the episodes in this season, I encourage you to do so. I want to take the time to thank every single one of you who have listened to this show. I want to thank every single person who has been a guest on this past season. Um, I'm just so grateful that people are taking a chance on this show and on me and coming on and sharing their stories and sharing their voices. It literally means the world to me. So if you are listening to this, um, which I hope you do, and I'm not just talking into a void, but whatever if I am, um, I'm going to take a break. We'll be back for season three on October 5th. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I went to go look. October 5th will be the season three premiere. Cannot talk. Um, And I am just so fucking grateful for you. Thank you for being here. Just remember your voice matters and your story matters and you matter. Have a beautiful day and week my friend and I see you. You're amazing. Bye.